This podcast contains explicit language. Hey, this is Mike from 424recording.com, and I just want to say if you're a fan of the podcast or channel, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 424recording. For as little as a buck a month, you'll get exclusive rewards and help keep this podcast mattress ad free. Support us at patreon.com slash 424recording. Hello and welcome to 424 Recording, a podcast featuring interviews with musicians, artists, YouTubers, and other creatives about the creative process. We're also talking all things music, especially in the punk, grunge, bedroom, and indie rock genres. This is Mike from 424recording.com, and on this week's episode, I had a chat with YouTuber and musician Nuwaat Blount V. You may know Steven's Synthworth Synth Modular Minute, 20-Minute, I mean 1-Minute Synth Reviews, or Eurorack for Beginners series. I'm a big fan of Steven's channel, and I learned a lot from my conversation with him about the history of his channel, where his channel is heading, and what inspires him creatively. This is the first part of a two-part series chatting with Steven. Here's my conversation with Nawab Blanvi. Have you ever gone back and watched a video that old for me? Like I, the first one. I was. I. I think I've been watching your channel almost since the beginning. I honestly, because I the first video, one okay. of the first videos I watched was um, uh, the Dave Smith Instruments um, drum machine. I can't think of the name. Oh, of the Tempest. Yeah, the Tempest. Yeah, that was one of your earlier ones. No. Yeah, yeah. That was that was. It's funny because like when I did that back then, I thought how much better I was at doing videos, and this was back then. And then it was like, oh, actually. Now that I watch it, I'm like, wow, I had no personality. I don't know what I was trying to, because I'm like, I think I must have written the notes on a piece of paper. Right. And then the camera was like far away from me. But I don't remember, like, it's kind of hard to remember. Yeah. Like, because it's bad now. I, th- I think that, <laughs> that video is awesome. I think you're, I, th- I guess. You don't think so? I guess. Uh, There's like so much creativity yeah. just like spilling out of that. You know, I don't know. I mean, I thought I was clever with like the um, what the meaning of the word tempest. Like I was like, oh, that's that's real clever because it kind of goes hand in hand with what actually happened with the instrument, where it was like totally not. I'm not saying it wasn't finished, but it wasn't. I don't think it was like ready for the public at that point. Yeah, I mean that's um, kind of like a big reason because that's I was looking into getting like the tempest or the diggy tact and. Mm-hmm. For me, I mean, that video really helped me decide because that's that's what I kept hearing about that instrument was that it was sort of in a state of not quite completion and a lot of people had a lot of complaints about it online. And yeah. as somebody who's, you know, I'm not as versed with synthesizers and drum machines, I was uh, a little taken aback. And also with the videos they put out for it, it just seemed very, like, I don't know if you saw the ones where there's like, it's like Dave Smith and Roger Lynn and it looks like they did it on like a camcorder like 20 years ago. <laughs> It's it's very funny in comparison to the videos they do now, which are very much uh, aesthetically like they have a thing that they want to do. You know, I mean, they're not like Moog level of like cinematography or whatnot, sure. but they definitely try a lot harder. You know, and it's not like Roger Lynn doing the most one of the most god awful drum beats. He's like, I know, you know, it's like, all right, Roger, like, come on, dude, like, you know. I know. Real, I was like, real, real, uh, real contemporary of you, <laughs> right? It's like, how could you, how could you have this instrument that you spent this all this time on, and then have like put, release videos that are like that? 
to try to um, promote them. You know, I was, I was like, ah, oh. because like the Diggy Tax stuff, they have. Um, oh, what's his, what's a Sank? I think his name is or Jank. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's amazing. Like he's he's so yeah. good at manipulating. Like, he makes it seem so simple. He's like, okay, we're gonna make this beat, and then he'll just do it in like five seconds. It's amazing. Yeah, the um, the videos for the, the I think the thing is like Electron, especially they have um, people who are really good at um, um, knowing the instruments like in and out. Um, they've right. had the same people there forever since before they were ex- like I think the DigiTact was the first like like the first like mainstream mainstream Electron thing where people who weren't into sh- shit at all were like oh yeah like that's my thing right um and then they just kept running with it you know with the digitone and then the whatever the hell else they have the heat the heat too now is in the same it seems, it seems like they love the size of that box and now they're going to just keep yes. putting everything they can into those and it's a great size i have mine right over here and i i just it's so i don't know the, like the the shape of it and everything about it just always makes me want to play it yeah they um the the reason I think that they really they learned a lot from a few different companies like you could tell they learned a lot from Arturia and their how they market the hell out of stuff because like that electron is in the hands of like at least at least ten online you know personalities per se wow. uh, before you know it hits the street you know like it's out there. Yeah, and they're definitely they definitely know the community like how to how to touch the market with uh, through like creators or whatever. Yeah, yeah, because I know Bo had gotten the uh, Electron Mystery Box. That was uh, I talked with Bo a couple weeks ago, and he was uh, it was like the week right after that. And that's the thing, like he got that. He seems to get a lot of stuff before it drops, and then you know that's like like you're saying, like they have a real good uh, finger on the pulse of the community. And who to put these out to that that's going to get it out in front of the people that are going to, you know, because I after seeing his video on that, I was like, oh, man, I want to check that out, too. Yeah, he um, he off. He really gets a lot of stuff first uh, before a lot of, you know. Which which sometimes I think some people think is a problem, but I think that he is a really good person to show off. His personality is good for new things, sure. right? He. He is, I mean, to me, he's more of like a really good tech channel where he's not just reading off the spec sheet. He's also enjoying his time with it and happy that he has it, you know. And I think that regardless of what people had, people think sometimes like, oh, well, he's getting things pre-release and all the people are getting paid to do these. It's like, but, you know, not that that's the case. I'm just saying like. If it were at all the case, it's like, well, who else do you want to have it? You do you want me to have it? No, you don't want me to have something before it comes out. Why because, not? Well, because you're more unbiased. I'm, not, I'm just more like I would probably one. I'm not excited for stuff, and that's probably the biggest the biggest thing against me. Like I'm, I like, I just like my, I like, I like the sub thirty seven. I like the things I have. Right. Like new gear literally does not like make me I don't get excited. And Bo's like his personality of being excited and like making an experience is what's it, it's what like would get me as a new person to be interested. 
I never know, thought of it like that. Yeah, that's that's super interesting. I'm just not. I just don't like gear. Like, I literally don't like most gear. Um, and then the stuff that I do like, I probably shouldn't get. Like, the Prophet X is the is probably the only thing that I'm really excited about. So you do get it's excited. Like five, yeah, but it's, it's, you know, $5,000. And it's like, <laughs> it's like that and, like, the modal 002. Those are the only synths that I, like, think about, like, man, if I could... Yeah, but they're both like they're both like four thousand dollars or something. So, those are not happening. Uh. I thought that was super interesting. What you said in that, um, like your the video that came out the think piece about how they get your credit card number and then they send it to you and hey, sit with this for a second. Like I, I had no idea how any of that stuff worked to be honest. You know, but maybe I mean, you could do something like that with those two. Or th- maybe I. I mean, I hated giving up my credit card number. It seemed. You know, because what it does is it puts this different vibe into you that I don't think maybe comes across. But you it's like you have to return them in the state that they got that they sent it to you. Sure. (laughs) Which, you know, like say that was the Korga monologue or the the mini brute, whichever one, the micro brute. I remember I went to Guitar Center and I bought the micro brute because I had made jokes for like the whole year about the microbrew. And so I was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, it'd be cool to make a joke about it and to do a video finally. But then like, I like dropped it and then I like spilled <laughs> wax all over it. And then it becomes this weird thing of like, what if I had gotten this via, you know, it, it just like, it, it. that's why I think I wanted to kind of have those kind of misconceptions like gone. Like it's like, oh yeah. Do companies send you things like for free? Like, oh yeah, but I would never be like telling a company like I'm go I'm going to review this. Like I just don't do that because it's not for me. It's not about like a conflict of interest. It's just a a video takes way longer and is worth way more than the piece of gear. Like there's just. I don't know where the line is. Like, yeah. is is a is a mini brute two worth a video? Like, is like a three or four hundred dollar? I forgot how much the mini brute two is, but like four hundred dollar thing worth like me sitting there and doing like a fifteen hour video. I don't know. Like sitting there for like hours editing and then like recording. I don't know. Well, I, th- I think that and that's something I wanted to ask you about because it seems like you have such a clear vision of what you want to do with your channel and, and your videos, like. And it seems like it's fully formed. So how did you, like, where does that come from? Like, how, how did you do that? Let's see. Uh, when I, I didn't know what it was when I started the channel, but I think I had to do, like, two, two sort of revisions of the channel to figure out how to go about it. One, more efficiently, which is, like, the new set was a way of doing it more efficiently because I couldn't do videos fast enough because I was setting up mm. and tearing stuff down a lot um and then um figuring out through people i knew how to make videos more long lasting right um because what happened is i i realized when i did something um that i had to like change it a few different times just from listening to people well so the first time was i needed to put out new content on a more regular basis and that was when i did an update video in like the summer of 2017 or something. And at that point, I had only been doing videos whenever I wanted. And 
I kept hearing things about consistency, consistency, consistency. So I said, oh, okay, what I'm going to do is do uh, a review, but then also do like smaller, easier videos, which are like me doing tutorials about like how to make cool sounds. Like, so I did like these uh, synth quickie things. That's what I labeled them, synth quickies. And then the one minute synthesizer reviews is that the, yeah the the, the twenty evolution. minute synthesizer yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I kind of just took what I wanted I like how you have to be. the clock in those like in the background as if it's going to be oh. one minute <laughs> yeah the uh, the modular minutes were fun those and those are easier because I could like shoot like a six in a day but sure you know I did all those I did so many videos like I was doing like. Uh, Maybe this is bad, but I was doing like two, sometimes three a week, not every week, but I at least did like one a week. And then I literally got to this place where it was like my channel had grown like not very much. And I talked to Jeremy from Red Means Recording like we had our private conversation. I was like, dude, like, I'm quitting. <laughs> this is not this is not like fun at all. And so. He was like, don't, don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. Because, you know, I look at his channel. He was like, he was right over 100,000 at that point. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, says, it was just, He just rolled over, what, 200 now? He just rolled over two, yeah. So, and, yeah, Jeremy's funny because, like, he, I didn't know who he was for, like, eight months or something. He would, rec he would, like, comment on every single one of my videos. Oh, wow. And I was awesome. just like, yeah, and I was just like, I don't know. Like, I just didn't pay attention to comments back then. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> he really, we've had so many, like, conversations. We have, like, an ongoing thing. And um, so anyway. That's awesome. Um, the point was is that I had to change it sort of a little bit during the end of the summer to be like, okay, I got to get back to where I was. Then. Where you were enjoying short, the process. Whereas enjoying the process. So that meant like coming off that summer, I wanted to focus on making the um, Halloween video fun because that to me is m the most fun for me. Yeah, um, that's the best time of the year. Yeah, I love I love all the Halloween themed videos on YouTube that come out. So um, and also my kind of reason for starting the channel, which was the angry video game nerd. Oh, um, wait, no of, way. Are you serious? I was gonna, yeah, yeah. Because I was going to bring that up, and I was like, I wonder if... Uh, well, I was going to bring up Angry Video Game Nerd, because I've been watching those uh, this whole weekend, and I, I go through like periods where I like binge-watch like every single... You know, I go to the playlist, like oldest to newest, and I'll just go through them. And that's like one... That's That might be one of the impetus for me starting my channel as well. Like, I just love the stuff James does and or did, and still continues to do. Yeah. Um, and I remember because because there's a lot of parallels between things I've heard him say and things I've heard you say now. And it's like because his whole thing was, you know, he had hit like if you watch the videos, like the making of like an AVGN episode, it's like it's intense, you know, like it, and then like the the Rob video and some of the videos that took him, you know, hundreds and 150 hours to make just a, like a one video that's like 20, 30, 40 minutes. And, you know, I remember his big thing and a big reason why he said he never did it too consistently was because the internet rewards uh, quantity over quality. So yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's right. Yeah. So like, I, I, it's so funny because I, I wasn't sure if you, you know, I feel like it's one of those things like either you were probably into games or you weren't. So I was, I wasn't sure if like that would be something you had heard of or, you know, no, that's literally the reason 
why I started That's the channel awesome. was I didn't. Uh, and this is kind of going back way to like 2015 when I didn't know that YouTube was a viable option for putting out pieces of work and then getting some sort of like notoriety and feedback, I guess. Like, sure. I had, I had just thought it was like cat videos and funny viral things. Right. Sure. And literally, I don't even know how I came across his channel. Um, because I don't even know why I was like, I think I was playing, I was playing something on like the Wii U at that point. And I, I looked up something and then I got to his channel Yeah. and I, I watched a video and I couldn't stop watching those videos. Like yeah. it consumed my life. And I was, <laughs> and I was also consumed by like the fact that there were, there was like at that, even at that point, there was like a hundred plus right at that point he had been doing these videos for years I think and he's in, I, like his I 10, never heard of 10 year him. anniversary, right? Yeah, yeah. Cinemassacre was like 10 years in, I think the year 2000. I think it was like 2017. He had like 10 years. I remember the I remember that episode or something like 2007, oh, okay, maybe, so. you know, he was he was really the first um, uh, big YouTube channels, you know, um, and so. Watching his videos made me think, uh, you know, a show can be really entertaining more than, say, things. I, you know, I like the Angry Video Game Nerd not because of the games, not at all because of the games, but because of the personality and the script writing that he brings to whatever it is. Like, it's like you like bad games. Like, I like bad games, but it was like, the way that he had to find the bad things, sort of, because he can't just make a video if, if it's like, oh, the, the control's not great. It has to be like, no, yeah. the controls, is this is the worst. Anyway, yeah, so his channel and making things of quality definitely makes sense to me in terms of, like, where my channel is because I, I know other channels who, got, who go much larger, grow much faster, but... Um, in the end, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I feel like this. I want to be able to show off my channel to someone and have them, you know, uh, be impressed by the amount of work that I did, even if it's not a ton. You know, yeah. like I, I, that's how I feel. I feel like that. I mean, that's something. I think one of the questions I sent you was something like, "How does it feel to have probably the best produced YouTube channel on YouTube?" Because that's, I mean. Based on like other videos and channels that I've seen, like I don't know, like the quality of your videos is, I feel like it's like a next level um, state of affairs. But you, you don't seem to think that. Um. Well, you know, I think that's because I look at other people who are really, really good. You know, there's there's like different types of channels, right? Like, um, um, you know, I I do you know Dallas Jamming? Yes. Jade, yep. Jade Wee. Yeah. So um, I talked to Jade at uh, NAMM. Yeah, there was like a maybe a pic on Instagram with you and Cuckoo and Jade, right? Yeah, yeah. We, are, we went to dinner and whatnot. And um, it was very cool because you don't get to see people from this world very often. The closest person who probably lives the closest to me that I talk to is... Um, hmm, is yeah, is probably um, Jeremy from Red Means Recording, and he lives 
one state up. He's in Seattle, right? Or or Portland? He's in Portland, yeah. Basically, in Oregon. So, you know, that's like the closest person to me. Um, And so you don't get to see people very often. And like sometimes when I'm at the local store, maybe someone recognizes me. But like it's not the same as seeing someone who you've admired, right? Like when I see – so when I saw Jade, it was like, oh, that's cool. And when I saw Cuckoo, it was like, oh, that's cool. Like, And, um, you know, we talk about quality. And, you know, I think someone like Cuckoo has his – it's a different type of quality, but it's like you know what it is. You know, yeah. he knows his aesthetic. And then it's like Jade, she's still figuring it out. She's slowly figuring out how she's going to go about this and how much time she can spend doing this. And, you know, I know more about her than most people on YouTube and most people who are YouTube, most, most people in general who are like watching the videos or whatever. And so I know, you know, her time can be limited more than my time, the, you know, me, the non married non-child person sure who's younger um i guess it's just like i could do i can spend like three hours shooting something i try not to but i I can do it so you know i but then again andrew huang's videos i always want to be as entertaining as his videos like that's an aspiration of mine i watch his videos and it's like and I don't even know what it is because I think that I'm doing my cuts pretty good. But watching his video always makes me be like, no, hmm. he's he's got this editing thing down. Like, And I don't even know what it is. He doesn't do jump cuts. He might do one jump cut if you mess up a line and you can tell. But that's so rare. He's always cutting with footage. He's always making it interesting. Uh Anyway, yeah, him I mean, and Red Means Recording Channel, man. Like, I, I don't have any, I don't have the graphics ability that Jeremy has, which is annoying. Sure. <laughs> He's just super talented with motion graphics, and so. Well, that's like his that career, too. right? Like, does he do something? Yeah. yeah. But, so but that's so a huge. That's like a huge thing, right? Like, sure. I dabble in the motion graphics. Um, yeah, but, I was messing uh, around with uh, Animate CC this past week. I mm-hmm. tried the free trial. I made a couple of quick ones, but. Yeah, that's that's it's tough to do. It's a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. His 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 channel is so good with, because I mean his videos for the OP one where he does like, I think the am I repeating myself video where he does like a bunch of words and whatnot, kind of like mm-hmm. on top of the OP one, and he's like, you know, that's just so clever. It's 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 not people don't people think that's easy. I think you know people think sure. oh that's not very great, but then I'm looking at that like oh man like. How clever. Yeah. Um, yeah, his channel does. Yeah, there's so many different types, I guess. But so the the thing is, like, I mean, Andrew Huang, like, he's been doing it for probably like eight years, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got and a then, whole subreddit dedicated to his channel for the most part. Right. I mean, I think that there's something to be said about, because are you, you're in like year two now, or? First video was around... December of 2015 um, and then I didn't I didn't do the first one minute synthesizer review until after Nam I think so that was probably like February of 2016 it was like the first real the worst first worst horrible video that I did well you got to figure so. then you've, you're only in it what two 2.5 years right I mean I feel like that the part of it is just having done it over and over again yeah. for eight years, like 
like you were saying, you know, like, oh, did you ever look at my earlier videos compared to my new ones? It's like, it's the same thing. Like, I feel like a year from now, you could be saying, do you look at my videos from last year compared to this year? I'll probably, probably say that again. Yeah. I mean, I just, I had like crazy, like stage fright. Um, I meant to like actually post, like do a, do kind of a Outtakes. retrospect. Well, no, a retrospective of like my life and like how, like, I think people thought like, at first people thought I was blind. Probably what? brought in some subscribers. Probably brought in some subscribers. I never, um, I never uh, heard that or realized that. Yeah, people ask like that a l- not a lot. I thought but that was often. just part of like your character. You know, you have the glasses. It was. It was a version of James Rolfe's angry video game nerd. It was total, totally. He's get a, it. you know, he's a character. He's not a character throughout all of Cinemassacre, but he's a character in the angry video game nerd. Right, just Board like James. he's a character. Like exactly, he's got, just yeah. like he's bored, James. And I think that's so, super interesting, too, because he's able to make that distinction between, like, no, this isn't James Rolfe. This is Angry Video Game Nerd. This is yeah. bored, James. You know, and these are my ca- these are characters. This isn't who I am because, you know. Yeah. Without being, without almost being a caricature, you know, it's sure. like weird to say that he can play characters, but it's so seamlessly. When I, when you, when I, when you watch James doing like a movie review, I don't even associate that. Not that I'm trying to disassociate it, but I'm, it's just, oh, it's James when we're talking about movies right now. It's when the angry video game nerd is on, because he doesn't really sit in that set if he's not doing it. And he's got his, Uh, you know, his garb for the character. The glasses and the shirt and the pens. It's, and it's, it feels like it's like James at, I mean, I don't know him at all. I feel like we're talking about like I don't I know him, but it feels like it's him at like eleven. You know, like he's his personality, but like way to this other side of the spectrum where you know, because sometimes he he swears and you can see that coming out of his personality, but yeah, he's definitely not that character. No, he's really like well thought out about a lot of the things that he does and says. Obviously, yeah, um, like all those lines are are you know he he writes the script. Like I was watching that behind the yeah. scenes one, you know and. And, and some of the outtakes too, like he'll be trying to rifle off those crazy um, like metaphors and similes or whatever, or where he's just going off on like swearing and doing things. And you could see like, he's like trying to remember them yeah. as he's doing them, you know? So it's yeah, not just I, like this improv thing. It's, you know, that's what I thought was super interesting. Like his, his uh, setup, he's like playing the game, writing the script, recording the video and the voiceover and then editing. And, you know, just seeing like, oh man, like, his library of like um, mini DV tapes and like, he just goes back. He's got all his games that he's ever played on discs. It's, it's insane. Like the, the level of genius with that channel or, or just, I don't know, like organization like blows my mind. Yeah. He's, he's kind of the, he's kind of the architect of the one minute synth review series. You know, it Mm. was, you don't know when you're going to get a one minute synth review the same way as you don't know when you're going to get another angry video game nerd. Right. Um, right. At least more nowadays, back in the day. And even like a couple years ago, he would drop one like every other week. I think he wanted to see just as a test. Right. Yeah. But even, was- you know, even, I think maybe if you've watched it, like there was like last year at some point, it was like, I was like, whoa, we were getting like a video game nerd. Sometimes you got like, one a week and then there was like 12 days of christmas too where he did or yeah. or maybe it was i forget but it was like you know that, that was really cool too he had like the christmas tree and all, he would unwrap each one each day and yeah. that was like 
that must have taken him so long to i mean there were shorter episodes but um yeah it's 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 definitely I, i've been that's I've, I've been trying to figure out how to incorporate more of that vibe or more of that process into my my channel too because it's uh that's definitely the a huge inspiration of um what why i started doing it too because i was like this is so cool this guy can just be himself and do what he wants to do and make this amazing uh channel and community out of um you know talking about crappy video games yeah he he really uh inspired me to learn about um not just the process of kind of uh putting videos online but creating shows versus just putting up videos here and there you know um and i did that for quite a while where i if I was doing one type of video, I would be in one area. Like I would never be in the corner with like my big picture in the background and stuff where that's where I sat for the one minutes interviews. And when I was doing the modular minute, I'm sitting at a different area oh, okay. and it's a different set. And then set, I'm, I'm doing yeah. the synth quickie. It's at a different set. Like, you know, and he would have a lot of these different places where he do like, you know, Angry Video Game Nerd, always one place. Um, if, you know, James and Mike Mondays, always a different place. It was just this, it was easier to create separation in the shows. And I always, what I wanted to do, which is impossible, I wanted to be able to do like three videos a week where it could be different things. Because he that's kind of what he does, right? I wanted yeah. to do like one minute synth review on like Tuesdays and then like Thursdays maybe a modular minute so I could have the Eurac and the regular synth community all there. And then maybe like one personal video on like a Sunday or something. Sure. And that helps with scheduling too. Cause then you can say like, okay, I know that this week I'm doing this and I, I yeah, that's, I think that's a great way to go about it if you can pull it off, but that, no, I mean, <laughs> but then again, I'm thinking, I still keep in my mind thinking like there's some, probably some people who are around the area who would be able to come and give content that would be able to be, um, I guess you could call like um, contributors or whatnot. Like I have a friend who lives in Long Beach. Her name's like Quinn, right? And I'd be like, oh, Quinn, like uh, maybe you can do like a quick video and it could be a segment or something like, hey, you know, it could be called like the patch of the week or something. And all you do is like, you know, just play with your freaking your rack and stuff and whatever and make like a badass patch and then just explain how you did it. Break it down. And then it's called the patch of the week. It could be like three minutes. Boom. That's like Wednesday's video. Yeah. Right. I shout her out and Quinn gets a cool like, you know, um, you know, I guess I don't know. She gets some more maybe exposure for her channel. Sure. And then. Maybe a different day, you know, I go see my friend like Pete, uh, Peter Dyer, who does a lot of stuff for Dave Smith. And he can be, you know, he could be like the, you know, like the chord, the synth chord progression of the week. Because he's such like a fresh like keyboard player, like in terms of like, like, you know, I'm pretty good. But like he's real fresh with the like contemporary chord structures. Because every time he plays them, I was like, man, like, that's a Drake track. Like, wow. Like, oh, that's a, you know, and he's the, he's the keyboardist for American Idol right now. Oh, um, wow. And so I always always think about that. I'll see him at, like, Dave Smith events and whatnot. So, 
And I'd like, yeah, it could be this, you know, I could think of a cool name, a cool alliteration on like chords or something. And then I bring in some of the more of the player community through his contribution, you know, and then I just stay myself. But but that's so much work. Like I have to coordinate all that. Right. And it's it's I always say because people ask me about the the stuff I do on the channel and, and everything. And it's, it's I feel like it's something everybody could do, but very few people will. Uh, and and yes. you, it's it's very hard to find exactly what you're saying is like because it would be great to have your buddies Quinn and Pete on there. But if they're not committed it. to it, you know, exactly. if they don't have the level of um, I don't know, I, I want to maybe dedication or they may just not have time, you know, but. You know, I don't know. I feel like that's the hardest thing because I've, I've I've thought of the same thing, like having people I know, and then I I can't think of anybody in my immediate circle that would be down for you know doing something consistently. It's hard yeah. enough to get my friends to you know be on my podcast here and do stuff because I got a couple <laughs> buddies, you know, and it's like it's like man, if I can't even if they can't even schedule like a half hour to chat, you know, it's like man, good luck once a week trying to do something, you know. That's kind of the hard part. Um overall um i think is that when you're when you are doing it it's your passion and you're committed because you see that you see the vision and they can't ever see the vision and like when i see the vision of that i'm like yes that's the channel i want like some people will love all of it some people will like some of it but because i'm touching multiple different places like right now i've just been so eurorack focused that like I'm not saying that like the main synth community is like tuning out, but it's just like I haven't done a synthesizer video since the Dave Smith video. And that was in January. Well, I was going to ask you about this, too, because it seems that you took a break, right, from putting up oh, content? Yeah. Like, a, like two and a half months. Yeah. Almost three months. And, yeah, and that yeah. was like cause, just because of burnout or um, was that around the time you were talking I, with Jeremy or? No, I talked to Jeremy in the June of that year. Okay. We talked in June. And, um, yeah, I took the break because the channel, what had happened is um, I had started to feel obligated. I talked about it in the video where I was like, I started to feel like, um, I don't think it's a secret that companies want to send you things, right? You know, and sometimes what happens is it comes in the, and I try to make sure I make this very clear, it comes in the guise of being like, oh, yeah, just have fun. But it's this imp- <laughs> it's this implying of like, please do something. Yeah. It would be nice if you did this like wink. Right. Sure. And so what what happens is like for some people, they like that. They want the stuff and they enjoy it. But like me, I just don't like I don't want the stuff necessarily. And so then. Yeah. I do the video to maybe just be done with it. Like, oh, I'll just make the video. And that's what happened late 2017 or whatever. I just, that's how it felt. So when I did the Rev 2 video, it kind of finally burned me out because what, I, what happened was I realized, oh, like, that's a very complicated synthesizer. There's so many menus. There's so many things to touch on that. I did a 20 minute video and people were still like, can you do this? This, And then I realized that what I had done in creating that video was I had done what people had told me to do and I should just leave videos like that to loop pop. Right. 
that's that's his thing. Like he does in depth with the like things on the side that tells you what time code to go to. Oh yeah, yeah. That's his thing. Like that's not my thing. I give you my opinion and I try to do it in a fun way. Yes. I gave in, I dressed up like Jordy LaForge, which was cool because people <laughs> told me that a thousand times yeah. to do that. They're like, dude, like, you remind me of LeVar Burton. And I was just like, and I was like, it's funny you say that because like I love reading Rainbow yeah, and too. I loved, you know, the next generation. So I, I can do that. I spent way too much time doing the beam in effect. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty uh, impressive. But I, you know, it was important that I do that. And I think I think it kind of I had done I had dressed up in stuff before, like I had dressed up in the Roland video as Darth Vader, sure. which I thought was way more clever. But, it, you know, people didn't maybe think it was as clever. I thought it was very clever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've gone through the kind of evolution of creating just like James has. He, he dresses up as things sometimes in yeah. his episodes. And I just said that's something I could incorporate. Um, but I had to take the break because the channel was becoming so focused on like stuff and like the objects or like the synthesizers yeah and i was happy about that because in part the eurorack for beginner series came out of that oh that's a great and that series. was yeah and yeah that was really really important that i do that extremely well and i make that i make that really like concise and to the point because there were there were other series where it just it you can't really put up those other series in sort of like a classroom environment. Not saying that they're, they're bad videos, but they're just very, um, they're very off the cuff rambling. And what happened was, is like I, I had done the series and a lot of people who were doing synthesizer kind of um, classroom, more, more like classroom settings or more like um, settings where they were sort of um, doing education, you know, um, they, they asked me, they kept reaching out saying like, can I use this in part of the curriculum? Can I do this part of it? And so I was like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, that's amazing. Not that, not that's, that's where I wanted it to go per se. What it was, was I was just not really happy with the way in which Eurac was being explained online. It was, Oh, pick the modules you kind of like. And if you and I watched these videos and I still had no idea like what I really was supposed to do. You know, I walk into the store and I had gone with like I had never seen someone talk about how much the case was going to cost. And then so I made sure I pointed that out like in the video and made suggestions on like you don't want too small of a case because eventually you may be disappointed and you don't want to buy cases twice. Yeah. So buy a larger case right up front and you know it was all these things i wanted to do it in parts so it could be easily digestible because altogether it would have been like 20 minutes i didn't think that was the right thing to do yeah so it seems choice, like i guess certain yeah certain types of content like is definitely um comes across better in shorter segments for sure yeah and also there's like no there's no like entertaining music in those videos it's it's just literally like giving information like yeah i found a way to make them a little bit funny here and there but it was really like I, i'm presenting like information so i had to like the ways in which i had to do it that took a long time it was it was very very like draining on like finish the eurex series and people kept saying like 
where's part like where's the next part like where's the next part yeah i was like oh god you guys like and nam there's all these things anyway rambling about this so where are you, where are you now then? You, it seems like you have a clear vision then of of what's going to be coming forth. Uh, yeah, I think I might have a better vision just because I don't necessarily think it's a. I know the roads to not go down to create this. Yeah, burnout. that that's what I was going to say too. Is through the I don't know, like making some of the things that like you were saying, it kind of seems like you got to sometimes go down those paths to figure out they're not the ones that you want to go down where now, you know, it's like, okay, well this doesn't work so much. Um, you're saying like with the video, what's that channel? Low, low pop. Oh, loop pop. Yeah. He yeah. does. Um, I mean, you know, um, he does, he, he definitely gets pre-release since because he's got, he's got like things totally fleshed out by the time, the synth is like released. Like you'll see he, his channel started definitely way, I don't know if it way after mine, but like he's fairly new and his style is fairly, uh, you know, it's, it's intact. The we're reviewing a synthesizer and I'm showing you the functionality of a synthesizer. Um, more of a, more of a tech explanation channel than anything, Hmm. but it's good. It's, um, if I were going to learn something, yeah, um, I would go to that channel because I know he's going to have it. Uh, kind of the way um, I look at uh, DivKid videos. If you go and you're trying to find a Eurorack module, DivKid has like a thousand videos. He's got the module Whoa. like over the last like however many years. Sure. Um, and his channel's still small. And I think that that's just because he does so many things in Eurorack in the way he does it. Um, but... You know, I know that he's going to have the video. So um, I, I just kind of had to, going back to the question about where the channel is and how I feel about it, it's just, I have to just always remember that I went through this before when I start feeling a certain way. It's like yeah. I, and then just don't do a video that week. Don't, don't be sitting there in the fetal position like i have to do a video i have to do a video yeah. like don't do that again like just because you because what it is is like you think your channel's not going to grow mm-hmm. and when i hit uh when i hit like 10,000 subscribers yeah cuz i remember when you were at followers. I, think, I think i subscribed maybe around like 1700 oh wow yeah 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 that was a uh... and you know it's funny i was still that wasn't as long ago as it seems like that's yeah that's what i mean that's you're like 10 10x that now yeah 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 when uh when i went to no i don't think it was then i i'll say this like my channel hadn't grown like a lot and then some for some reason it just did like i don't even know what it was i hadn't changed anything except even when i was doing videos more regularly all the time i would gain uh, maybe a thousand subscribers a month like or maybe a little less, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when it was going well. And then, like, yeah, within the last year, I did, like, 15,000 subscribers, like, just in the last year. And there's a whole year and a half of me getting to 2,000, right? Right. So it's, like, one of those. And I'll probably get to maybe, not that I'm counting, I'll just say, you know, maybe in the next month and a half or something, I'll hit 20,000, right? So it's, like, nice. I spent a year and a half to go 
2000 and then another year to go another 18,000 like it's just like it's yeah so I don't know it's kind of like Jeremy like last it's like I looked at his channel and he was at like 100,000 120,000 and then it's like next thing I look up and he's at 200 and yeah 200 and like 19 20,000 it's like what right because just what you were saying was like you spoke to with him maybe around 100k or something and because then I just saw that too like recently I saw the um the celebration yeah yeah so yeah yeah, because that's the thing his I didn't remember that his channel was small. Like, you don't even remember that. You don't remember, for me, I don't remember when a channel was small. I remember when my channel was, like, at 2,500. That's probably my first memory. I remember passing 1,000, and I remember being around 2,500. And aside from that, from then to now, you know, it's like I hit 10,000. To make it more in perspective, I hit 10,000 in, like, early... Early, early February, late, no, late February, early March. Okay. That was 10,000, right? I took a two and a half month break and my channel's at like 17,000, right? So it's like, why does that, I don't know even why that happens because it's like, I didn't, I've done four videos (laughs) from March to today and if you count, you can count it as six, but two of those videos are just me not doing anything but sitting and talking about how I felt about yeah. certain things. So it's like, I I don't know what's been going on. Well, yeah, it's like, there's like that certain point in the channel where you're like pushing the boulder up the hill. And I and now the the, the boulder, whether you do anything, whether you, whether you look away from it, it's cruising down the hill, you know? So it, it's gaining momentum. It's It's got its... Uh, because i see that it's like the um compounding you know over time it's and the content's evergreen like you said a lot of your stuff you're you're going for evergreen stuff that's going to be you know anytime somebody's looking for the tempest hey i'm gonna search that and hey oh what's this channel this is amazing boom so then you know i don't know i guess word of mouth too yeah i think i think i created a enough of a library of stuff that people um were able to um I guess they would they would buy in. I think you know there's. I watch I watch a lot of channels about um, kind of optimizing your YouTube channel, and they always talk about like most people don't subscribe off one video unless that video is like amazing. And I think what for me what it was was I didn't have enough videos at the times when people would buy in. They might see a couple that they liked, and it was like uh you know. But now it's like. The library is so, and it's like no filler, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I do some personal videos and I leave them up and people really like those. Like there'll be people who were like, I had been watching your channel for a long time. And then this video where you just talked off the cuff was like, that was the one that made me subscribe. And it's like, well, great. Yeah. That's cause I, 20 I minutes follow, of my time. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, and that's something I've heard repeatedly from the same people about like, that like tell you to optimize your channel. Like, I watched like Tim Schmoyer, Roberto Blake, yeah, like yeah. these guys. Yep. And I remember Roberto was saying like, he's in Times Square at one point shooting this like rant and that's like yeah. his most popular video. And it took him, yeah. you know, the 10 or 20 minutes, however long the rant is. And for, for whatever reason, that video resonated with the most amount of people, but he spent yeah. years building up all these different types of like Game of Thrones reviews and then, you know, like Photoshop techniques and then, how to use YouTube and optimize YouTube. So it's like, I feel like you just never know sometimes like what's going to strike that chord with people. No, I, 
I definitely don't. I'm not. I'm not good at uh, at understanding how. I don't think. The, I think it's just like it's like that's the roll of the dice part, you know. It's like the viral video without being fully viral. You don't know why yeah. or how it's going to pop off, but then like it does. Like even I'll say for myself, the great uh, the great synth mysteries video I did. Right? Oh, I love that one. Yeah, I, I'd been thinking about that video for a long time. Like I had said. Uh, and that's why I kind of took the break. I took the break to sit around and think about new programming per se, right? For the channel. It was like, all right, I've got, I got, I know what series work, you know, one minute synth review. I could do a one minute synth review. Every person knows from the thumbnails, et cetera, what that's about. Second, the synth versus synth, like, which are the most popular, which makes perfect sense. You put, you get two synths for the price of one. Yeah. Right. So I'm getting to put two in the tag, two in the title. You get t- twice as many views. Boom. And people are Everyone constantly knows looking thumbnail. like, yeah. You know, people want to know the, like, well, Tempest or Diggy Tack? Like, which one should exactly. I get? So it's like. I, my channel would be a- enormous if I just did synth versus synth videos every week. Yeah. Like, because, you know, it's, it's got the great thumbnail. Uh, it's got the Morpheus thumbnail. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue yeah. Color, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which everyone knows. And sure. so it, it's this thing. And then I, and so I thought, I said, okay, but I have to think of another series that's going to be kind of that thing. And I said channels that I really liked were um, Gamer from Mars. Um, I liked um, Wang, who does like internet mysteries. Um, I liked videos from, I liked a lot of videos that were kind of interesting in that way where they talk about his like Emp Lemon. Um, I just liked videos like that. Um, and so I had to really sit around and think, how am I going to do this for a synthesizer? Synths don't necessarily have stories, but I've got to tell a story. Yeah. And um, the video, like, it was funny because um, I thought, it, I personally thought it was going to be small and for my core, like, audience, like, oh, this is, what a cool thing you did. That's what I thought it was going to be. And then, like, it got picked up, like, on Reddit. Whoa. And, you know, the the best part I think about that video, minus that I spelled shit wrong, whatever, I don't care, um, is that the like to dislike ratio is, like, so, like, overwhelmingly, like, positive. Like, for something that touches Reddit, any I feel like this. Reddit, either going to either gonna be good or it's going to be real bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it, you know, I think it did like almost like 2,000 likes and only like 30 dislikes, Whoa. which is like pretty like That's nuts. That's a great, great ratio, yeah. Yeah. My channel's not very like heavy, like hater, like dislike. You know, yeah. I, I know other Same channels here, where they yeah. definitely, you know, there's other channels that you know that definitely like they get the hate wave. Yeah. Like people will still say sub to the channel just to like, hate the video yeah it's crazy to me yeah it's um, like a video comes out and then it's got like already like so many thumbs down it's like how did that happen uh, right? like there's people that just subscribe to it so as soon as it comes out they can just be like thumb down <laughs> yeah like um what's that video series uh oh um the the like against the clock oh. series on future or something i forgot who makes it maybe future music does this against the clock thing um they they started disabling comments Uh-oh. and they always have more of a dislike to like ratio. This is just 
And you always say, like, people can't be this. Yeah. Because first off, it's a series that people, you wouldn't know what it was if you weren't in the in the loop. You Against the Clock doesn't say anything. Most of the producers on Against the Clock aren't big-time producers. So you're kind of just like, I, I, me at least, I'm like, I'm always like dumbfounded. Like, you mean there's hundreds of people still subscribed to this channel who specifically are disliking these videos? Like, yeah. wouldn't you stop? Like, right. But, it, but it, they want to be part of the hate wave. So yeah. uh, they want to feel like they want to see the number rise. They want to see the thumbs down, like, rising. And then, you know, you got Future Music or whoever that is. Please, maybe I'm saying the wrong name, whatever. They disable comments, meaning that they know yeah. that it's not going well. But it's like, why don't they just fix it? They don't. Right. That's, that's so I have weird. the opportunity to fix my channel like that, that kind of a thing. It's like they have probably like a team who's just doing these things and cutting them and they're too large. They got to have the views. It's like my channel. I don't have to have the views. Sure. I can do anything. And so if something's broken. Fix it. Yeah. And that's that's the best part about YouTube and all the analytics and things. You can really see like what's resonating with people, where people are dropping out of the videos, you know, what videos people like, which ones they're subscribing to. Like. It's crazy, like, the amount of data. And it's something I really should yeah. pay more attention to myself. And, you know, that's the thing with all the dislikes and stuff. It it really just, YouTube doesn't care, too. That's It, it counts as an impression, whether somebody likes yes, it, yes. hates it, puts a comment on it, whether that comment is good, bad, or ugly. It all counts the same. So the joke is yeah. kind of on the, the haters, you know, because, it, well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's counting the same. You. So <laughs> Yeah, I... I'm not saying I want, I would, I like it when you dislike it. I don't like when you write a comment, like hating me, like, yeah. but you know what? I've gotten better about that. I, the reason why I sort of burnt out, cause I, my channel started to go larger. And, um, since you listen to Roberto Blake and things like that, he talks about how, um, when your channel is small, that's the best time yeah. because you haven't yet had the hating community mm-hmm. infect your channel. They haven't got there yet. Yep. So what happened to me is I hadn't really heard that. And you can police and it, so, too, because you know the community of people, and you're, if you're commenting with them, and you have time, you can, uh, you know, check every comment. and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah there's, there was that issue where I, got, I started to get some haters, mm-hmm. and I, it really, like, hurt my feelings. Yeah. Um, and so it was, it, it was this whole thing of, like, wait, I'm spending all this time doing these videos, and I was looking at it wrong. I was... I was getting 100 like likes and I, and then boom, one dislike. And I was like, Oh, the dislike, <laughs> this, my, it's not worth it. Yeah. You know? And it, I was looking at it all wrong. Yeah. And, um, well, you know, I, the other thing Jeremy is, told me a lot of things about that. So it was good. Yeah. And I always say too, it's like, you know, haters mean you made it, you know, like at that point, if somebody is taking time out of their day, to dislike something or to write a nasty comment or write a comment dogging what you're doing. It's like you made such an impression on that person that they felt it necessary to do that. I don't know. Like, I feel like that's a win, you know? I mean, I, I, I'd like to think that is the case, you know, because I don't write a lot of bad comments. I write bad comments when a video is one, 100% misleading or, This person Clip doesn't know at all yeah. how to make it's okay. It's so the one other thing that I do aside from making a lot of YouTube and, you know, playing keys and whatnot is like, 
I like run a, a small videography company, right? Where oh. I do a lot of video for brands and stuff. Awesome, because I wanted to ask you about this. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is I I watch camera reviews or I watch lens reviews or things like that, right? So if I watch a, a lens review and you don't show one picture taken with that lens, that's a I'm sorry. Yeah. I have to put a comment and I'm going to drop a dislike on you. Not because of anything. Else. You don't have to do that for everything. And but if you're going to do something where it involves something like that, you've got to, you know, come on. And that has, that says nothing about your dislike for the reviewer. It's just no. the content. That's why you're saying like you're taking these thumbs down personally, but maybe they didn't, maybe they thought you spelt a word wrong. Like you're saying like in the mystery video or exactly. you never know what people's critical mind is. Cause like I, you know, I always had that person in my mind, like my worst critic and I've yet to yeah. see anything but positivity from, you know, putting stuff out and people saying, keep going, you know, like you got yeah. something here. Like keep like, I don't know. That's why I, I, I too, like, I don't know. I'm just a sensitive person. And like that, that shit gets me too. Cause it's like, you spend all this time putting your heart and soul into stuff and, and then somebody can just come along and. You know. Yeah. You're counting like the 99.99% of positivity means nothing. Exactly. If one person, and you know, it, it sucks because you have to go through all those points of being like, well, wait. So like my mom always told me that you can't care what other people think, you know, but then most of the time in the real world, it's, you know, imagine walking around with a shirt that just had a like to dislike ratio yeah, based yeah. on like people actually, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, could you imagine like how it would feel? And I think that that's what happens. It's my face is out there. You're seeing me. And then yeah. right below me is like the amount of people that like me and dislike me. Now, now the, nowadays, I take it with stride mm -hmm. and it's just really easy. But um, yeah, in the beginning, when I started to get a little bit more popular, that's when it became like I didn't know how to handle it. So, sure. um, but, you know, uh, it's real easy. It's real easy. I think I'm pretty funny about handling the haters or. What I do a lot of times is I, I, I try to be constructive and yes, it kind yeah. of throws them off a lot of times. If I really say, hey, I hear what you're saying. How can, can I improve? You, yeah. Can you maybe tell me like exactly why you feel that I should have done this? And if you could like you can you send me like an email, like five things that I could yeah. be like well, never get an email. It's so right? disarming, you know, because that's yeah. like the, the, what they're hoping you to do is, um, I don't know, maybe address it. Like, go down the negative spiral with them, you know? Yeah. And when you do and that, and it's I don't. like, oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah, they they want, they they like the trolling attention. I get it, yeah. right? But I, I really like the uh, conversation because my channel's only gotten better through people telling me why they personally don't like it. You know, I, um, I, I feel like, you know, I, and you know what's funny? If you, when you look at the analytics, they really back up what like a person is telling you. Like people would tell me, um, my friend, he said, dude, your intro, this is in the beginning, your intro is way too, too long. long. Okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? My intro is too long. Like that intro is badass, right? But when you go to the <laughs> analytics of like those videos, yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like a giant cut in like the first, and then like you, so, I learned from that and it's backed up by statistics and so it's it's real easy to you don't just take it as like this person is personally hating yeah they have a valid argument sometimes sure. so yeah i was reading this yeah. thing with it was like an interview with tim cook 
you know, the Apple guy and uh, CEO, uh-huh. and he was saying like, criticism matters, but you also have to look at where that's coming from. Because if like, yes. some, if it's like somebody you know and respect, like, you know, for instance, like Jeremy, if he's, you know, from Red Means Recording, uh, if he was yeah. like, you know, this, it told you something, you'd probably be like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But then if it's just some random exactly. person that you've never met, it's like, I don't know, like, you kind of have to take the criticism where, like, take it where it's coming from, too. Yeah. It's like some That's random I feel. person on the internet, it's like, I don't know. And you don't know if they had a bad day. Yes. You don't know if they were looking for something very specific that they wanted you to talk about mm-hmm. and you didn't and yeah. it's not your fault but when you get a like or when you get a dislike and you don't get a comment explaining that kind of expounding on the idea behind the dislike it just becomes this why would why why what did i do and yeah. it's probably nothing but yeah people may or may not like you but that's okay i i'm getting better at that so the I wanted to ask you about the the uh, videography or the filmography because you yeah. cl- clearly you have an um, a great idea of, of equipment and shooting and lighting and uh, audio and everything. So like, what's your background with? That was something I wanted to ask you. Was like, huh? what's your background with with filming and editing and script writing, etc. Um. So when I made a um music video for myself, like back in two thousand nine. Something that's actually on the channel, but not on the channel. Private. Um, and I'm, thi- yeah, I'm thinking I'll bring it up. It was a music project I did way back in 2009 called uh, Neon D and the Digital Dancer. And it was influenced by uh, Felix the Housecat. And, um, you know, I really wanted his cool vocal styles to be, ex- you know, the vocoder was big. And I made this whole project. I did a lot of shows out here in L.A., as a neon D and the digital dancer. And, um, and so I shot this video. Is that still an active project? I take, I take it that it's not. Oh God, no, Okay, it's not, it, it is in a way like I might think about it, but like the only reason I would think about it was cause like Felix, the house cat's not as prevalent right now in terms of recording. He does a lot of touring as a DJ. He's getting older and, um, you know, I mean, Felix house cat must be in his fifties now. He's a little, he's an old school guy. Um, And so I might bring it back if I can figure out a way to be inspired to do it. But um, anyway, I shot a music video for that in 2009. Wow, it's almost 10 years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, God, I was like 29 something. At that point, I was. Oh wow! No, I was like, no, no. I'm sorry. I was like, how old was I during that? Maybe like, tw- I was like 20 or 20 something. I was pretty young when I shot that, and um, I shot on a Kodak Zi8, which is like this small like camera back then, but it was like 1080p, and you could do 60 frames. Wow, um, that seems pretty advanced for that year, or like yeah. that time zone or time period. And it's it's funny because it's like. I did this one video and I never really shot anything that was mine again. I shot like some videos for other people. Um, but my whole background really came from being an editor. Um, oh, cool. And so I edited, um, I worked for this company in Los Angeles, just editing video um, for like four, like two years. But before that, I did a lot of audio editing. And um, so when I started the channel, the only thing I didn't really know how to do 
was make things better. I can do what I did then, and it was it was fun, and it was interesting. Um, and I always knew how to do good shot selection, but I think, um, yeah, I really got into cameras and lenses. And when I started, and so the whole kind of me having a videography company was literally like people started to get a hold of like my channel and a lot of smaller brands wanted me to just recreate what I did in a lot of my synthesizer views for say like their salon or say like wow. their other company or whatever. That's awesome. Um, and so like, it was just, it was this whole thing where I was like, well, it would be nice to work for myself. You know, uh, if I have these connections and I can create a, a service for these people. And so, yeah, I mean, I invested a lot of money in equipment and lighting and, you know, grip stuff. And I just, you know, started to do it. It wasn't, it wasn't always great. Um, but you know, now I've done like, lot of videos um i'm like i think i'm getting like a post on like the black magic design like website or something i don't know some nice. something maybe on their instagram something i you know they wanted to know about this product i did for a guitar pedal company and i shot a bunch of like their spots or whatever what so, uh what is that something you can share like what what pedal that was or yeah it was for a company called new neighbor um huh. they uh, three of their pedals one is not finished um but like the Inspire and the uh, Inspire and Immerse pedals, um, it's kind of funny because on like one of their videos, which New Neighbor didn't necessarily say, but like someone commented like on their video, they're like, "Is this is this Noir Blanc V who like did this?" And like <laughs> New Neighbor didn't say yes, they didn't say anything. Yeah, but it's it was funny because I was like, mm. somebody recognized it, it. Yeah, yeah, and um, I understand like you know it's a company like. Most companies kind of want to keep things un, unbranded, right? They just don't, you know. I mean, that that's – I feel like that's awesome because it, it shows that you have a very strong identity as a filmmaker or, you know, your style. Because that's, yeah. that's what I meant with, like, your your channel just seems fully formed from the get-go. It's like you have you clearly have, like, a background and, and like, this clear vision of where you're going with this. I mean, I, I wanted to figure out how to do that. You know, um, I wanted to look at other examples of people who were doing it well, whatever it was. Um, and then I wanted to sort of, I wanted to understand like their process of doing it well. Um, and so that was kind of the, the, I, I never really liked a lot of the channels where I didn't get a clear understanding of what they were trying to tell me about whatever it was. And so what I wanted to do was make sure I did that all the time. And I, like people have said, it is good that I do these off the cuff ones every now and then. Like, I think the viewer sometimes gets this like, oh, it's him over there. Like, that's what I feel like they say, like he's over there in his space. But it's like, no, I'm just like, I'm just a guy and that's what I like to do. I like to write these scripted videos because I like movies. I'm like the ultimate movie guy. I like, you know, like I'm the guy who likes when um, I like the I like like um, Goodfellas yeah, uh, where you've got like Joe Pesci doing his like lines. You, you think I'm a, you think I'm a clown? You think you think I'm funny? You think, and it's like 
it's not off the cuff. You know that that was scripted to give us a certain effect. Yeah. And that's what I like. Like, I'm not really like a reality TV guy. I like movies. Like, I like lines. I like that impactful thing, you know? That's what I like. Scripted, yeah. Yeah, just this, like, thing that's making you, like, listen. Um, so, yeah, I, I, the videography thing has been really good. Um, so. Cool. Can't can't complain. Plus, you know, I I had a love for like lenses, and um, I obsess over that, and I try not to. That seems like a, a rabbit hole, like in terms of gear acquisition. You know. Yeah. If um, you know, like lenses are like synths. You know, they can go up as high as you want, right? They're about the same price. Like you can get a cheap one for like two hundred mm-hmm. or one hundred fifty, yeah, a super but, cheap one. Yeah. You got your mid range, and then you've got like your Canon L glass, yep. like the twenty four to seventy two point eight or something like. Are those the ones with like the red stripe on them? Yeah, you can go that high, and it's like, and you know what? You don't need to, but it's like you you can you can go down that hole of being yeah. obsessed with like camera gear the same way. I, I've kind of escaped from both of the whole music gear slash camera gear gas. It's like not really a thing because I, I think if you want to create, you can't. You can't, you have to like get to a point where you can get past that stuff because then I used to find like with people, they would be more of a collector than a creator, yeah. you know, because then you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to get this. But but what are you doing with it? Like, are you actually going to use it or are you just going to, you know, what are you making with it? Yeah. Which, which is a point that people I think bring up sometimes with people online. Um, um, I know that Bo talked about this once before where people were like, where's your music? Like, where you just do you just buy gear all the time? Yeah, you, do, yeah. you don't. Where's your music, right? And um, the weird thing is, for me, people don't get upset about. I think I play enough, um, and and that was a big, big, big thing when I brought the channel back after the break. You know, for those months, I said I have to perform in the videos the way that I would use these pieces of equipment. I learned that from Andrew Huang, where. He talked to me about um, that he doesn't he doesn't review gear. He just explains it the way in which he would be using it, and I just took that really like as a you know oh, some that's advice. Really cool. And I said, that's how I would do it. And but I said, but you know I I got to do this. I got to do this in my style. I got to do it the way I would do it, which was like I had I bought a bunch of like blackout equipment so I could like do. Um, you know, almost this like, almost this, this void of just me and the instrument. Yeah, yeah. That, and it that's just like the spotlighted oh, ones, right? Yeah, it's just really creating this like, just focus on what's happening like here, you know. And that was really the, that was how I envisioned those going, right? And I think it works because like, you are hearing my music through those. You're hearing exactly what I would do, you know. Um, and I'm playing, so you almost get like, you know, two for the price of one where it's, I am playing. So you're getting some of that midweek melody vibe, but you're also getting the review, which is, you know, probably what you came for in the first place is you want to know about the piece of gear maybe. But so now you're, cause you're like a touring musician at one point or you are now too. I was a touring musician from... After I left college, I did a little bit of studio work as like a studio musician. And then I did a bunch of touring until like 
2000 and uh, my last like little like tour was like 2012 when I did like the last like few runs of a of a band that we're in where unfortunately it never never worked out um, with that album. We released one album and then we tried to finish the second album and we did. But it just never came out. We just, you know, and it's really good. We just couldn't do it anyway. So, yeah, I was doing a lot of uh, a lot of playing shows. Um, What's that band called? It's called Godsons. Cool. Um, and, you know, I was producing a lot more then as well. Um, you know, I produced records from when I was 18. Like that was the first record I did was with um, a, a band called Orangeburg Massacre, who was signed to Pluto Records. Um, and I was like 18. I remember they got like their wow. deal in like 2005. And that was like a big thing because like I got a call. I was like at, I was in college. I remember being at the dorms in Berkeley and my, Alex from the band was like, hey, we got a deal, you know, blah, blah. And I had like produced the like record. And so they got the deal. It was like pretty crazy because I was like super young. And I was like, yeah, they got a they got a record deal, and I like produced the record, and I produced a few other records at the time, and then um, yeah, I moved out to L.A. and I just started producing for a few groups um, out here. Um, Little Red Radio was like the first one, and uh, you know, I went back and recreated all their songs that they had done, and then we put out a record. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was it's been a lot of producing. So I take it you studied like engineering then and like music engineering. I studied jazz piano. Like that's all I studied. So um, I, of course I took some classes on engineering, but uh, the music production and engineering, like the MP&E, which they called it uh, in Berkeley was like, I don't know. It was for, it wasn't what I wanted to do per se, because I had already done it. I think a lot of people hadn't like a lot of people didn't show up like at Berkeley having like produced like three records. And like I had done that before I was, was, you know, before I had even come to the college. You know, I just went on my local Craigslist and said, hey, is there bands like I'll produce your records. Right. And um, my only thing was like the records got to come out. Like that's my thing. Like I want to have like a tangible. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be able to show my work. So. Yeah, it was a big thing for me to put out, like, records. So that was, the, I didn't take uh, the MP&E class because I was, like, I already, like, had a studio at that point. I rented a, a space in um, where I lived, paid, like, 300 bucks, 400 bucks a month for, like, a studio space. Nice. And I had been producing records for, like, two years at that point. So I just wanted to learn piano and be, be better. So that's what I, uh, you know. That was my thing. My mom's a classical pianist, so I kind of was wanting to kind of be better at something different, I guess. That's usually the way it goes, I feel like, with parents. Yeah, it's it's funny. My mom never taught me. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I think I was a much better player than I am now because I don't get to play all the time, even though I schedule, like, piano practices. Like, it's in my calendar, like three or four times a week I have like scheduled piano practices but you know it's different it's different like and that's why I talk about like oh I want to bring Peter Dyer on like because he's like you know if, you know take me back like five years ago where I'm playing like all the time 
it's a whole different thing, right? Like he's, you know, he's playing for American Idol now. He's done so much work. He's just like, and that's why I think it'd be cool. Um, I love people who play. Uh, not that they're better or anything. It's just, you know, as a player myself, it's always inspiring to be like, you know, I sit there just like, hmm, like, ah, like, damn, like, you know, I want to be like, I want to be like embarrassed by like the guy, you know? So like, uh, yeah, Pete, 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 Peter and I were at this uh, Dave Smith Instruments event for the Prophet X. And it's crazy because like Dave Smith uh, is sitting like right behind us, right? And me and Peter are like at the Prophet X just like messing around. And like Dave's like, oh, play something. And I'm like, no, don't, no. I'm like, and so I played a little something, you know, hit some chords, you know, thing. And then... Peter Dyer, who knows the synth and is just it's everything, he just touches on it, and and I'm just like, I'm like, man, come on, like you know, like he's playing hours and hours and hours every day. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I came from that kind of a background, and I don't get to as much. I want to. People ask, but I I want to. Uh, maybe I will. I mean, I'm gonna produce more than I'm going to play out. That's just my personality, uh, especially now. But uh, that's just because I can't, I can't be held to practicing songs for people. Like, it's, it's too much. What about, like, <laughs> doing some sort of live stream on your channel regularly where you're playing or performing? I, you know, someone gave me that great, like, uh, idea. They were like, maybe you could just play and, like, talk about, like, some oh, things yeah. you're thinking about, you know. Um, and I said, oh, you know, that's not a bad idea. I might float it, um, you know, just kind of just kind of sit with the SV1 and I think of something interesting to talk about. Not like political or anything, but like what's out like, oh, there's a new synth out. I'm like it would give like a good thing of me it, it being personal and also the music. Um but we'll see. We'll see. Um, I have a, I have a few more like obligations that I have to do for like um, some sponsored videos or whatnot, and so those don't involve me doing anything fun. So <laughs> now, that being those, said, yeah. they like reach out to you, or are you contacting companies? Like, I'm not really sure how that how that whole thing works. Um, so it kind of goes many different ways. Um, I contacted, well, this, this sponsor thing is for, um, reverb, right? Um, oh, cool. they're doing, um, they're doing like a little partnership on a video, um, for, I mean, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about it, but anyway, there's a video coming out in like a couple weeks sure. that they have sponsored, um, because it makes sense for what they do as a company, being able to sell lots of different types of equipment and stuff. So I'm doing something with them. Um, and that video is a different kind of a thing. Um, and then I've tried twice and it's never worked out where, um, I wanted to do sort of, um, in the way of James Rolfe, the game, video game nerd. He did the 12 days of shitsmas. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know what? It was real easy. The 12 days of synthmas. Oh, and I just nice. need like 12 interesting synths. I can totally send them back. Like, I don't want to keep them. I just need companies to do it. So two years in a row, Last year, in 2017, 2016, and in 20-whatever, I reached out to a bunch of companies. And I said, like, 
maybe not even 12. I, I reached out to like six. And I said, hey, I'm trying to do this thing and it's called 12 and check on my channel and maybe you guys would be interested. And um, yeah, didn't go well. <laughs> Nobody really contacted me back about that or they contacted me back like way after. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even like um, even like Dave Smith Instruments, like and I have like a relationship with them. I was like, hey, like whatever you want to do, like send me one of the things like I could put it in there. And that didn't work out at the time. So uh, it does work out both ways. Like um, the only thing that I ever asked for was the make noise, mm, the make noise pressure points, um, because someone on Twitter asked, they said, hey, what do you think about the pressure points module? Like, it would be cool if you reviewed that. And I said at the time, like, I didn't like doing videos like that because it opens up this whole wave of people asking for you to do something. Right. So I said, you know, all right, I'll, I'll do it. He'd been a longtime person I'd seen around. And I said, I'll, I'll ask Make Noise. But I asked Make Noise in like October or some year. And I didn't get the I didn't get it to like January or like, you know, like February. It was like, yeah, at that point. So I still got it. Um, but it wasn't like I was like myself personally, like, yeah, I really want to pressure points. Like, that's not what I really wanted. But they were super nice. And um, uh, they sent over the brains, which totally makes the module more useful to me um, in a clocking scenario. So, um, but yeah, I usually, f first and foremost, like I don't, there's just not a lot of stuff that I want. Like, I can't think of a lot of things or, or it kind of just becomes like a filler. Like, it just becomes like... Um, like you can think of you can think of like a lot of sins that it's just like, but you know it's like the Volca sample. Like why why would I? Yeah, well that's the first guess, thing that hit me was like because there's I don't know what how many of those are there's, there's six of the Volca series. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could yeah. be half of your synthmas right there if you, if you wanted to do those. You know, it would be great. It would be great. Um, I would. I feel like I don't know. I don't know Korg at all, but I feel like you know well, the people there. But that seems like something. Like why wouldn't they be down that? That's such a sick idea. You know. I think it really is – I don't know a lot of companies and how they kind of work with people. Um, so, you know, if, if say we talk about um, – um, God, it's kind of hard if I just say companies. But let's say uh, oh, like Pittsburgh Modular, right? I've done a lot of videos surrounding Pittsburgh Modular stuff. Mm -hmm. Um and that's for like a lot of different reasons, right? I think that I remember at some point talking to one of the guys at Pittsburgh Modular and being like, I can't do any more Pittsburgh Modular videos. People are going to start thinking that I have this like crazy like hookup from like Pittsburgh Modular and they're just like flooding the channel with like stuff, right? So I said like I got to like chill on the Pittsburgh Modular stuff. Um, right. Little did like people know that like it was it was Pittsburgh Modular like let me have uh, – four or five modules around the time that I was trying to get the 12 days of synthmas started. Like, cool. And it was sort it was sort of this like weird backup plan where I was just like, well, I can't do this. So I, I got to do something that's impactful. So I did the Eurorack series and that was because Pittsburgh modular had let me borrow a bunch of modules around that time. Um, and I give them like a shout out at the end of every video. Like I say, like, thanks so much Pittsburgh modular for, um, you know, helping make this series possible. And it it's not that they gave me the modules as pay or they just like let me 
keep them. It was just they let me borrow like a bunch of modules. Um, and so I was able to like have a larger like selection because I only had the modules that I had, which weren't a lot. And then at the same time, it's like the SV1 is a module that I kept really enjoying, you know, because um, the Mother 32, which I'm, I'll make a video of eventually, I sold both of my Mother 32s, like, and I still have the SV1. So it's like, I've always had a really fond, like, uh, enjoying time, enjoyment with the Pittsburgh modular modules. So it's it's and I and I know how they work. Yeah. Like I know the layouts. I know especially the life forms versions. I know the layouts and whatnot. So um yeah, it's it's usually not me reaching out. Um but I do have some modules that like are here that, you know, were were provided by companies that I just you know, I, I always tell a company like this is this is how it works. I always tell a company I, I'm not going to ask for something. Send me whatever you think. Just send whatever. Right. Because what it, what I don't want to do is create this. Ooh, look what I got. It, it, you know, sometimes they send me something. and I'm just like, OK, like, I don't really want this fucking thing. Like, yeah, but I and then you got to do I, something I, with it. Yeah. Like it's I always say if I if I like it then I'll talk about it, right? But if I don't, you're not getting a video. Like, there's no video for review. It's always, like, if I like it and it inspires me to do it, then it's going to get video because I can't write these scripts. I can't sit here and edit it and hate it. Like, that's going to make me just so annoyed. Yeah. Um, and then I don't think they would want that anyway. Um, it's just not good and, Good for anybody, yeah. It's like... Mm-mm. And and most of the modules, like, I... I, I mean, pff, all these modules... Like, um, I buy, like, that's the thing. I, I think that that's maybe, and this goes back to like the misinformation about a lot of things. It's like companies have lots of modules or equipment, but what companies want to do is they want to sell the new thing. They want to sell the product that just came out. Right. And 99% of the time, I don't want the project that just came out. I might want like, you know what? I would really, really like the JDXA from Roland. But that came out like four years ago, right? Those, those um, are the little ones that fit on like a... Like no, a that's US? the big one. Oh, that's okay. like the... You know the JDXI, which is the small one? Yeah. It's the like big brother to the JDXI. Oh, wow. Okay. It's like a full 61 key or something like oh, synthesizer. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not even like the guy to necessarily know everything about that. But what intrigues me is that... I don't think a lot of people remember that, like, no, Roland released, like, a full analog, um, like, polysynth a few years ago that's, like, you know, really, like, you know, a big thing. That's what intrigues me, being like, why did this synth from Roland, because, you know, people made a big deal about the prologue, people make big deals about Dave Smith, people made pretty big deal about the Deep Mind, but it intrigues me because I don't know why. People have like not made it a bigger thing, like so. There's there's something about that. There's like a story there that I can maybe maybe the unwrap. next uh, great synth mysteries episode. I I'm thinking. Well, you know, the the next great synth mysteries. I don't know when that's going to happen um, because I I talked about it on the Div Kid um, kind of like um, intro to modular little podcasty thing we did. I said uh, the next one is going to be about Jexus. 
Um, and a lot of people don't know who Jexus is. He's his website's like WC Olo Garb, and mm-hmm. he's from Poland or the Netherlands. I forgot. But if and that's why this story is going to be so interesting is that I remember his website is probably the most comprehensive synthesizer review website on the Internet. Like Whoa. there's there's synth uh, vintage synth explorer. Yeah. And then there's like Jexus. Right. And his website is like crazy, like amazing. And I've been trying I've been going back and forth with him for like months now getting some interview questions for him and then he writes me back like you know a week later and he's very like mysterious person right Mm. and he had you know thousands and thousands of subscribers to his youtube channel and he just stopped making videos three years ago Mm. he just stopped and so the story is really going to be about you know who is like the greatest synth youtuber of all time that no one knows about Right. And the way that it makes it so interesting is like if you look at Jexus and you and you pay attention to like a lot of the aesthetics, he was just such a like interestingly like interesting person. And the story just the story kind of it, it tells itself. If yeah, you can that's just like classic tell, story, yeah. If you can like tell someone there was a guy who reviewed hundreds of like synthesizers. Not not just we're not, we're talking like he had the Elisa's Andromeda. He has, uh, you know, the, he, he was so into all of these. And there's pictures on his website. If if you look it up and go to like Jex's like WC Olo Garbo, if you look at like his main picture, it's just like a dungeon full of like synthesizers, not oh synthesizers gosh. on nice little like racks and stuff. It's just, it's like a just, you know. And so I know that it's going to be really good. It, it just involves us going back and forth. And he is a private person, and um, you know he agreed to it, and we're we're working on it slowly, but it involves a lot of like, it involves a lot of time anyway. So I can't wait for that to happen because that's way more interesting to me than the Access Virus, which the Access Virus was very cool and very fun yeah. to like, learn about. Um, yeah, I, I knew nothing about any of that stuff, so for me it was like super informational, and the, the fact that now they've pivoted into. Uh, the yeah. guitar stuff and that that seems like it's going to be a game changing uh, device as well so it's like man this is this is crazy yeah uh, Christoph Kemper being that person is so much more interesting than I think I even knew at the time because the for me and that then this is why it goes back to I have to be interested in what it is that I'm going to talk about to go and make it what it is is because like you gotta have that passion otherwise it's yeah what's the point I started the script for the Access Virus such a long time ago and was like, I remember like starting it and being like, uh, oh, uh, what is the synthesizer? Like, I looked and I said, oh, the Access Virus hasn't been updated in um, almost a decade. Okay, that's on its own. That happens, right? But it was literally like the premier synth when it went away, it was there wasn't oh, okay. another synth that was touching it. So it was like, OK, it's like that's super weird. iconic, right? Like that's the sound of like an era of electronic music. It, yeah, it was literally like the sound, like the whole um, I didn't bring it up in the um, in the video. And it was hard to touch on a lot of things. I probably should have could have made the video a little longer, but I didn't want to draw it out. Um, the Lady Gaga album. um 
um, forgot what it was. I think it was called like um, her, her biggest album, where she had like Poker Face and yeah, like things every like song. that. Yeah, yeah, and all the every videos, song. right? Yeah, yeah. That whole album, for the most part, was like done on the Access Virus. Oh, like wow. that is the sound of two thousand and like. I guess I was like two thousand and like seven or something. Right. Like that was the sound, the quince. Oh, it was wow. like 2005, 2006, the whole album. He talks about it in a sound on sound article about how he was just access virus and like the vocals and you can hear it. You, you know, the sound of the access virus. Um, and so that was just interesting because it's like, I don't even know about Christoph Kemper. I haven't heard of this person. And to find out that like he, you know, he, is such an interesting person going from and i hope he saw it yeah. i, I kind of hope he saw the video maybe um Email maybe he hates it who knows uh, i don't know <laughs> uh you know it, it it's just interesting um it's, it's interesting right because he's a yeah. guy who who made literally like a synth of an era like the dx7 of the 2000s right yeah, yeah. that's exactly i was thinking something like, like the fm stuff that yeah the, like the stuff that's just like so iconic for 80s or whatever you know it's like kind of the same idea but now in the two, mid 2000s 2000s yeah and there's a lot of reasons why it can't come out again people have let me know but it's kind of like well but as a company right like people say oh no it's fine like you could just keep the synth but i'm like you don't like it's a company it would be like, it would be like Toyota saying, "Oh, the Civic's fine." Like, when you know, we release a Civic in like 2004. Like, we don't need to release another Civic. Yeah, it's good. That's, it's, that's it, it. It was, you know, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, that's it was good the way it was. And it's like, but we're people. Like, that's a company. Like, a company can't just stop doing something for 10 years. Like, what happened? Right. And so that's how I found out about the profiler and i was like oh like that i, I want to check that out that that does seem super i don't know like to have that because i play like mainly guitar i guess and I don't, mm. that's what i've been doing a lot of is is like direct in and things like that and that seems to be where the technology is going because you used to have to have all these amps all these different sounds all these guitars and a lot of that technology too is like hit or miss and it's got, come a long way over the years and that when yeah. i saw that at the end of the video i was like oh my gosh okay so this is what he's been up to yeah, the whole modeling thing. And you can see, like, he's he's he, he took a lot of the kind of design. His design is clean, you know? The yeah. Kemper profiler is clean. It's not, it's, it's not, say, futuristic, futuristic, but his design aesthetic, what he wants to see, is a very clean interface. And so you're seeing a lot of the same things that he perfected once he got to the TI2 version of the access virus because the older virus was a little bit different. It was, you know, and that was a night, you know, 95. So it was, it was a lot of different things. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but it, it's interesting just to see a person who, and then the interview piece was just probably the most important to me thing to place into that where, you know, right at the beginning, he says, you know, I dreamt of being a professional musician, but you know, if I couldn't, I wanted to be involved in the tech somehow. And it yeah. shows like this is a person who had a true dream for for music. He wanted that. But he, you know, he found his way into something else and created 
maybe something to make every musician who could touch it feel his same like passion for the music that he's not be he's not able to do every day of his life like some people right right um so yeah that story was just so interesting to talk about and um yeah i I felt like that hadn't really been brought up well in the synth community is like you can make synths synths have stories the jade you know the the um dx7 has a story just like the you know the cs80 has a story you know um and i think it's a lot easier in video games um it have you ever watched Clean Prince Gaming? I don't know. He no. does a lot of video essays. Um, and he does these video essays called, um, um, he, he does like Metal Gear Solid uh, didn't just die. It was murdered, right? <laughs> yeah. He does those. I'm going to probably of, watch that right after this. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's, it's this really cool video essay series. And that's what really like made me think about it was like, wow, you can bring a story to anything. Because he's not really talking about in these videos the video gameplay or the storyline within the video game. He's talking about all of the situations surrounding the release and maybe uh, reception of something. And that's kind of the series is like, yeah, people love the Axis virus and they're on your Facebook page every day saying, what's going on? Like, yeah. where's the virus? Like, can I get an update? And there's just no one responds. Radio silence. Yeah. Yeah. And so... And it was so true. Some people on the comment section were like, stupid virus, the stupid, it never updates, glitches too much. And then there's people like, no, the virus was perfect. It's perfect, yeah. That's why I walked <laughs> away, right? Yeah. So it's it's cool. I, I really enjoy that series. Obviously, I, I keep talking about it. So you, you see how like passionate I was about like, you know, reading and learning about it when I was yeah. when I was writing. It was just, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, and I feel like that's that's the place with YouTube. It's like the intersection of what you're passionate about, what's going to pique people's interest. And it's like finding that line, you know, like where is that and how do I just walk that? Because sometimes you go too far into, uh, I feel like I just have to do this to do it. Or sometimes you go too far like into your own, um, you know, aesthetic or something. And then it's like, well, where 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 is that like lane that you should be or want to be on, you know? So that was the first part of our conversation, and you can tune in next week for the second part and the conclusion of the Noir at Blanc V two-part series here on the 44 Recording Podcast. Man, it was so much fun. I, I've, I feel like I learned so much about YouTube from this conversation, and I hope that if you're pursuing YouTube or making a channel or any other type of creative endeavor, you can find some gems in here. If you want to check out Steven's channel, it's youtube.com slash at Blanc V. And he's also on Instagram and Twitter, Nuwa at Blanc V as well. This is Mike from 424recording.com. Godspeed, my friends. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to subscribe and review the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to support the podcast, you can check out patreon.com slash 424recording. Appreciate you, my friends. And uh, make sure you do something you want to do today, okay? 